The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. It's like the two different the two different concepts. If you give like a brand new piece of technology to an 80-year-old, they'll completely fall apart and crawl. You give it to an eight-year-old, they're you know, excited. They're, they're right, they're right. Take- um, but it's more so just like yeah. it's not even a fall apart. It's just that we are not mindful that we have five different generations in the workforce, while the older generation who literally put us in NASA and who literally put us into outer space, they require a manual um, to get the brain going because, you know, something has to be legitimately thought out. While the younger group, they're more right. of an art-based group. They have to go through the experience first before they read. Um, it's only when the younger crowd gets stuck or have a problem that they can't solve, then they refer to the book. Um, but it's almost like a right. reverse reverse mindset thing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope everybody's uh, watching us on YouTube or tuning in on their favorite podcast directory. So if you're listening, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, be sure to get leave us a five-star review wherever you can. Some you can, some you can't. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button, and I don't know any <laughs> buttons you can hit. So uh, let's get on. we got Stevenson here who's going to talk to us about Steam and drones. Interesting show coming up. Let's start the opening credits. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hi, my name is Stevenson DeMorsey. I am the CEO of Steam at Drones. We are an educational company that brings drones into the classroom 
after school as well as summer camps to better teach um, adolescents about science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics, and how it all relates to the work field. We look forward to having you visit us at steamedatdrums.com. All right, Stevenson. So welcome to the show. I know we had some connection issues. I apologize for that. But this studio, it's a little quirky uh, when you get in. But your headphones are working right. And every, we can all hear so each Shay, other. Mike is other, good. Right? Headphones is good. And Mitch, thank you for having me. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. And you, you reached out to me. I forget how we connected or you got one of my emails or on my email list, right? And you say, hey, I want to come and talk about Absolutely. You know, I have right? seen a few of your podcasts for the Accidental Entrepreneur. And clearly, um, I got a ton of... Is that a bell or mostly? It's letting us start. Fire, you know, no, I, you know. <laughs> great at that live video. Uh, I just seen a few of the podcasts <laughs> you've done with previous entrepreneurs. The last guy was uh, something Weber, who did the email um, chain. A Weber. Oh, a Weber, right. They do our mailing, too. Yeah, he started that company. It's like MailChimp. Correct. Like so, Shane, that's also my little brother's name. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> oh, I, does, I just. Weber, Weber, just a regular Weber. All right. So then, you know, kind of the way I run the platform, I want to talk about your background mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur and your, you know, where you, where you grew up. So right. everybody can know where you're from and, you know, how you got into in different business things and then kind of let's lead up to whoops, what we're, you know, what the whole steam drones thing is, because, you know, I think steam is, is an important part. I think it was STEM, right? We have that on our yeah, so STEAM is, is important in the schools, but also what you're doing with drones really sounds cool, and I think a lot of people would want to know about it. But let's go okay. backwards and start. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, it does. Make sense? Okay. So All I right. guess a little bit about me. Um, I was born in Haiti, came to America around the age of six as an English language learner. So that right. is having to play catch up all together. Um and went through yeah. the whole special ed background and just being not, I was a very motivated kid, but not really given the opportunity to see where my career can go. Um, but when I got to high school, okay. that all changed for me with robotics, uh, US symposiums, you name it, I was part of it so long as I was building yeah. something. Science. All of the, the, the math, I was more of a math, but yeah. Where, where, uh, where Jersey City, um, New Jersey, from? yeah. Oh yeah, sure. So I got all kinds of programs there. Yeah, my son did a lot of that right. stuff. It's great stuff. Some of the kids, the stuff they invent. Exactly. You're imagining wild. yourself at that very young age. Yeah. You're actually building the stuff professionals are building and working with the tools professionals are you yeah. know, working with. So it makes a future career very yeah. possible for you at that age because you get to see, hey, I can do these skills. Um, and so for me, that's just where the love of everything came from. All the best learning I've ever done was in robotics, was in drones, race cars, whether I'm building them, programming them. Um, and I feel like that's really what propelled me in college, what really just kept me motivated to succeed, knowing that, hey, I will come out at yeah. the other side. I know exactly what I will be doing. I know I'll be having a good time doing it. Um, so in college, what did you study, like engineering and stuff like I that? Did, computer science, uh, I did engineering for two years, um, and it really wasn't fully yeah. how I fully imagined it. So I went from engineering into mathematics and then also got my teaching certification in there as well. So two years of engineering and then said, no, Got thank it. you. Okay. And then went towards pure math and then education attached. Right. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. And how Ooh, long ago was 10 that? 10 plus 10, yeah. 10, 10 years now. 2013 okay. makes it officially 10. Okay. And then you went into teaching. Is that before you started doing the company yeah. you're doing? Cause you, of course. Uh, when I first got out of college back in 2013, 2012, 2013, um, I went into a full-time mm-hmm. teaching role. 
Uh, my second job was at this first year charter school. I founded their robotics team first year, all ninth graders. Founded their robotics team, had them won a ton of competition, clearly got the school a bunch oh, wow. of extra publicity, publicity to grow, uh, restructured their mathematics curriculum, objectives, et cetera. So, yeah. It was, nice. Nice. That was, was that in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, yeah. I went to school in Ewing and Trenton was right nice. next door. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Ewing's right down there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And, uh, right and now I'm still in Jersey. Well, I'm back in Jersey City. So, yeah. Yes. In Jersey City right now. You work in Jersey City? No, I work in the Bronx now. So <laughs> they pay higher in New York, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, you live in Jersey City so and commute so to the Bronx. Yes. Wow. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So I think I think it's really important to talk about, you know, the, all the stuff that's going on with education mm-hmm. and what you're doing with STEAM drones because – you know, I always say this, like we, we like teach our kids like it's still 1945 and the world has right. changed, you know, and, and, and science and technology and how we do it and what we do. It's all different than forget about the fact that the pandemic pushed us ahead, I don't know, 15 years in the course right. of a year and a half. But even before then, you know, it was, it's just it's just that we live in a different world. We do different things. So where did the idea first of all, were you involved with the steam program? In the Bronx, where you are now, before you started uh, this drone? I started the drones company about five years ago, but we officially launched in 2020. Um, got a few contracts. <laughs> no, 2022 was the rough wow. year. We launched, got some success in LA USD, uh, Los Angeles Unified School District. Um, and then clearly everything shut down okay. shortly after that. And then had to go through a relaunch last year, which was awesome because we got to a brand in Trenton, New Jersey, as well as Iowa and a few school districts. So that went well. So your customers are the school system. So literally during the pandemic. Gone. 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 No one's interacting. No one's touching each other. No one's trying to communicate. Uh, So, yeah. So. Right. Right. It made me a better entrepreneur, though. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Well, resilience, I think, is the word that comes out of the pandemic Um, People really had yeah. a lot of problems, you know, the ones that weren't resilient, the ones that weren't creative, the ones that weren't, you know, persist, mm-hmm. persistent, they just folded or they realized that their business wasn't really doing what they thought it was doing. They're just kind of cash flow covering up a business that wasn't right. really making any right. money, you know, so it's hard. So, okay. So five years ago you started, but it really took a while to formulate right. the whole, the whole thing. Did you have a business plan or did you go out? How, how, did, how, did you, how did you get started? Uh, the title of Accidental Entrepreneur is exactly myself. What did you do? You had a concept. I did not have a right? concept. I used to, So I was, uh, at the time, I had oh. just started working in Jersey City. I was literally launching STEM programs for every company but my own. So you name the big boys. Uh, I, I have see. worked in some capacity with them, just launching programs. Right. Sometimes I just be uh, would just end up having to fix their program, tweak their programs. Um, and something said, hey, you need to go out. Yes, yes, STEM programs. Right. We said off the mic that it's now Steam. Uh, right. You realize the difference between, everyone's always making fun of Androids, right? But Android and the Apple are pretty much the same product with the Apple being more towards the art end of things. So it gives it a little bit more of a luxury right. feel. It literally, yeah. art is the voice we use to communicate. So it has to be in there, but not to, um, <laughs> Got it. But for a time it is right? still STEM, but for a time it is just strictly STEM, you know, us not acknowledging the role that Got art it. plays, but 
it's important, Got especially it. when you're working with young people to bring art into things because it keeps them focused. It keeps them interested. There's no question about it. We have two right. sides of our brain, right? You can't just ignore the creative side of it. And then even, even on the, the left side, you still mm -hmm. need the creativity. I mean, that's how you develop ideas and stuff like that. So this was, so you were basically deploying these things in the Trenton school system because mm -hmm. that's where you work. Trenton is Jersey City, yes. STEM program. Yeah, Jersey. Oh, Jersey City. Oh, because at the time I left Trenton, I went directly into oh. Jersey City and I was doing the same, same launching programs for everyone. Got it. So you were still right. doing, doing right. both. Yeah. Okay, well, somebody's got to do it, right? I mean, the, most of the teachers in other subjects, they just can't take right. these things um, over. They don't have a background. And that was the issue at the beginning. A lot of programs tried to come into the education system, even when we go back 70 years to Napoleon Hill outwitting the devil when they tried to do this. Um, one, the education, techno, bringing technology into the education system is not very friendly because then those people have to become professionals. So it's a matter of... How do you train these educators? How do you make it painless? Um, and that's where a lot of companies fell short. And I did pride myself on yeah. making sure that an art person who has never touched technology can do this. Um, a minor who's at the age of eight can touch this without, you know, having previous knowledge. Um, so that was really big for me. Um, but to did, did you find that the teachers were afraid yes. of something else? <laughs> They're used to doing Right. To, yeah, right? I saw that during the pandemic. I mean, you would get on Zoom. And it was a mess, was right? Mess. Everyone's panicking. is because the yeah. fear outweighs the simplicity. I want to look, right? I want to right. Work, right, exactly. They're used to doing it a certain way. With a book, you open up the book and you go to class. And we didn't even have, I think, in high school. So I graduated high school like 85. I think my first computer, no, I must have had like a, mm -hmm. an Atari 400 or something. But my first real computer was a Mac at Ooh, college. Okay. Yeah, Macintosh. It had a little disk drive. It had like 128K was the memory That's in the computer. Enough. And I think I wrote a five page yeah. <laughs> I had to get like one of the computer science kids to crack it open. You couldn't open right. computers in those days and burn right. in new chips or because you couldn't just snap them. It's just a different, a different world. But I think that's, yeah, that's one of the problems, I think, are the obstacles of moving the education system forward. It's going to take a lot mm -hmm. of you to outbalance them as, because I guess younger teachers are correct, really correct. afraid of technology, right? But it's a while right. to change. It's like the two different, the two different concepts. If you give like a brand new piece of technology to an 80 year old, they'll completely fall apart and crawl. You give it to an eight year old, they're, you know, excited. They're, they're right, they're right. Um, but it's more so just like, yeah. it's not even a fall apart. It's just that we are not mindful that we have five different generations in the workforce while the older generation who literally put us in NASA and who literally put us into outer space, they require a manual um, to get the brain going because, you know, something has to be legitimately thought out. While the younger group, they're more right. of an art-based group. They have to go through the experience first before they read. Um, it's only when the younger crowd gets stuck or have a problem that they can't solve, then they refer to the book. Um, but it's almost like a right. reverse reverse mindset there. yeah <laughs> right you have a problem that's, that's the way it works way. right yeah yeah i'm talking to a client of mine who's got a, a building with um you know some tenants and older tenants and they're looking to move and he's trying to help them get on section eight housing because they need subsidy they've been there so long that the rent the current rent they can't even afford it and they're renovating this build building a mess so he said i'm having trouble because yeah. they don't know how to use a computer they don't use computer i said well 
you got to go to the Section 8 housing office and get the paperwork, get them a phone number, can make them an appointment, bring them the paperwork, and they'll right. do it the manual Absolutely. way. Oh, yeah. I never <laughs> thought about that. That's right. a good idea. You know, because people are like elderly. They're not going to, you know, get on a, on a computer. It's just not what, you know, what you're used to. And it's, it, you know, it's just, it's just different. But I, I find it interesting because I think that um, in order for this stuff to work, in order for us to move forward as a, as a nation, as a society, you know, I, it's going to take a while. It, definitely the pandemic helped. It's a silver lining to everything. But I think that, you know, it's going to take a while to get people comfortable with technology. You know, it's like we have toilet inside the building and somebody still wants to use the outhouse and you're like listen you can't use the outhouse it's not safe you're not using it anymore and they resist but you say well this is where we're going like we're going forward and we're going to take you along <laughs> with us which is kind of what stands yes, you sounded right? very henry ford there you know um if you ask them <laughs> if you ask them what they would want they would say faster horses but we don't see horses around nowadays Right, exactly right exactly well, unfortunately it was a bigot and an anti <laughs> <laughs> Well, these quotes, and then the person goes, oh, I'm not quoting him anymore. You know? Too sad, too sad. Well, yeah, well, he did a lot for the country, but yeah. So, um, all right, so so when you're so you're putting these programs in, what did, what did you ha- – you couldn't run them all, obviously, in the different schools. So you had to put them in so it can be run by someone else, or you were running around all the different schools um, so in the city. So I was lucky enough to have a cohort of teachers that I can just, you know, um, transfer my knowledge onto, and they literally just – went and did extremely amazing things. Um, very high success rates in terms of student engagement. You have students coming to school on Saturdays. You have students staying after school to so sometimes six, seven, eight at night, right. depending you know, on your age group. Right. Um, so yes, one, I ran some of my own programs. Two, it was just the educators that I was able to transfer the knowledge onto who then took it and make it a whole level of success on their own. And that was pretty much how we just kept the vehicle moving yeah yeah so what where the entrepreneurial come from um let's also start a company while i'm fixing all the educators you know how like you're starting to become burned out because you're doing everything for someone everyone else and then for me i got to see the charter school that i did so much work for flourish and i don't get a percentage back off of that i don't even get a full growth on that right um I got to see all these right. administrators hitting their target goals, target everything. I got to see all these companies making big banks. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm literally yeah. just facilitating for someone else to be successful. So that made me very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for here? Uh, I don't want to use extremely sad. Um, it just made me very numb for a while. Something, something more, something more right? had to be there. Um, yeah. And so I just kept asking myself something more. What else is there? What else is there? And then I remember um, there was this thing called the Ecolite uh, with along with Rutgers University Tech Launch Ecolite. Um, so I did a, it like was an exactly an incubator, program? first year incubator program. Wow. So okay. I did that, flushed wow. out, <laughs> wow. flushed out some of them. Well, you're not the accidental accident. <laughs> That's more than no, but I went to it without like a, a gay player, just like, you know, I would do. Yeah. Like, you had no idea. Well, a lot of people do that. They go into these programs. That's what they call an incubator. They don't have an idea. Right. They're like, I want to be, you know, and you got to explore it. Yeah, right. that's what it's about. Okay. So you had no idea. The drones, the whole thing was not even. Right. I just went. You just um, went. So I just started putting things together, started creating things, blueprints. I can't even tell you how many blueprints I had that are just all in a garbage can because they just. Yeah, it's the process. process. Um, But then from there, like, you know, 
I would leave work and every day I would take a train over to New York. Um, back in the day before COVID, New York used to do like startup talks. So new founders would just come uh-huh. and yeah. Google specifically headquarters was really big in terms of, you know, bringing founders to come talk to you about the tech they're working with or the software that they're building. Um, and I just went to a bunch of those, just listen to everyone's story, yeah. the good, the bad, the you learn from people that have done. I used to go to a group at uh, Stevens. I went there too. Hoboken, huh? And they had. I went to a few of those. Yeah. yeah. And they stopped. Yeah. And they would have two or three. They'd have yes. a couple of pitches, right? I remember. And then they'd have somebody come in and talk who's, you know, successful or whatever. And I, I mean, I was there as a lawyer to, you know, network and stuff. But I thought it was, you know, that's what you do. You go out and you do things. If somebody's listening out there, Heed your advice and listen to what you did. You said, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do more than I'm doing now. So you signed up for the incubator and you went to these events and you started meeting people and find out what people are doing, get advice from them. That's how you become, that's how you accelerate your chances of success. Can't guarantee sure. anything, right? But you definitely accelerate. Yeah. Don't like you can make your own mistakes on your own. You don't want to do you don't that. Don't want to do that. Right? You want to find out the mistakes. They most of them, if you can, because right. you still make mistakes, right? You just right. want to make little, not really big ones but that's good so yeah so we were kind of probably in the same circles going to the same the same events so so okay so take me through about the whole incubation process as right because um yeah so we did a bunch of activities creating a lean business remember some of the the blueprint things that ended up in the garbage oh my god i had a three-way competition we were going to build a race car we were going to build a drone and then a boat um and have like a trilympics types of situation uh, there was another one in which I was going to do strictly race cars, just building and like real, like full car. Yes, yes. But, you know, I felt like 1080 was doing a better job than me. So I just, you know, I, that wasn't it for me. Plus, you know, um, where did drones come in? There was a drone program that came in through Jersey City, New Jersey Drone Academy. They were like the first in America, period. Um, the training was very good on a technical level, but terrible everywhere else that no one could. They were for adults. It, it should have stayed for adults, kids. but it was for kids. <laughs> right. Um, but we're not really okay. realizing, like, you know, high schoolers, middle schoolers, they don't really have motor skills when it comes to soldering or, you know, just right. Um, right. And that's a very big thing that has changed within the American market. We don't build anymore. We don't even build 40% of the world chips no more. So, yeah. you know. Right. I know. Right we now. have That's turned right. into most of these kids don't know what a soldering right. iron is, you know? Like we don't even have radio. I remember growing up, we would mm-hmm. make little things at Radio Shack. You mm-hmm. would go get parts and build things. Exist it doesn't anymore. exist anymore. They don't. And so yeah. um that company was still using the model that made, you know, the Wright brothers and et cetera successful, but they weren't looking at where our society is currently in terms of where a consumer user friendly we use things we don't build them um and so we have to actually we have to really really work much like the Wright brothers and use reverse engineering to get there but needless to say the program was not very successful everyone failed with the exception of like myself um that's it this is just me um so it was like myself and i was able to so you were talking about the incubator? The Jersey, the Jersey City drone program. The incubator, I believe everyone was some level of successful there. It was pretty good. Everyone got there. So we talking about the drone academy where you took a course or went there and then you 
took all the information left. Facts. And then the thing uh, so exactly what it is. You go to a trader, you get trade, you go, you're supposed to apply it. Everyone fails. You're able to be successful. But it's because right. I had all this prior knowledge to tie. Yeah. <laughs> I had all this prior knowledge to tie everything yeah. back together. Um, but were they, what were they doing? They were training people to use drones commercially? You, like for photography or whatever. They didn't even get that far, sir. It was just literally just building the drone and learning how to fly it. That's as far as they got. Right. Which that was it. They didn't right. the application was. Good luck. Just good luck. Which is, you would, okay. one plus one equals two, and you just said it. They were teaching you to fly cameras and survey, right? Right. Exactly. At the time, though, did you need like a, a pilot's license or FAA approval to run those things? It was no, just, uh, no hey, make sure you let the FAA know where you're flying. Don't fly next to an airport. But there wasn't all the big rules that are currently here started around like which hurricane happened before 2020 um, around the New York, New Jersey area in which NGIT is off. It's not Katrina. There was this period of. It, it might have been. I'm going to say around the period of 2019 where regulations really started. And that was that was just pushing. It was right. So needless to say, all the laws that were that are there now weren't really fully, fully, um, at least being enforced back then. Um, so we had a lot of wiggle room. So long as we don't fly outside, we, you know, clearly we just avoid the FAA together. Um, and that's another, right, right. right, inside, right. Um, but that's another missed opportunity yeah. of the program of not taking the drones outside and getting the FAA clearance. And Yeah, listen to this. I have a client of mine. She's a friend of mine. She lives in a high rise building. And every couple of days, there's a drone that like rises up. She's like on the 30th, right. 30th floor or something like that. And there's a drone. Like it must be looking in all the windows or whatever. Because a lot of people don't have, they're so happy. They don't have shades. They have it on their bedroom, right. not on their living room. So she police like what can i shoot this thing down they're like no you can't do that because it's illegal it's like shooting down a plane but apparently there's no like peeping Not tom yet. laws or anything that applies to technology yeah so this guy's probably looking in all the people's windows and stuff flying this drone uh, up there and they, they they can't catch him because they don't know who it is you know absolutely yeah that, that's got to. So that's not the worst of it. So we're going to talk about the negative aspects of drones <laughs> first, and then we'll yeah. we'll talk about all the benefits of why this is such a big push for me. Okay, good. How about we do? How about we do this? Let's take. I got Boom. a two minute commercial. I got to take, and then let's we'll come back and talk about Okay. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business, or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. 
Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Oh, had us on mute there. Okay. <clears throat> nice. Uh, he's a nice guy, That's right? Nice. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> well, I get sick of listening to it. I listen to it on all the episodes. Um, okay. So let, okay. So you were getting into the, the so, thing. And no, I stopped. You're fine. The yeah. peeping Tom aspect is one of it. Yeah. Um, and clearly we mentioned that we don't build things anymore. So most of our drones is from China. So which means that any second a programming can be sent to the drone and have it do whatever it pleases to do. So those are the very much so the scary real factors, not to mention a drone going haywire and crashing into a train, a car, a plane. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of negative aspects. Yeah. I am. That yes, it does. Um, so. Yeah. You know, you wonder about China if they're really using the drones to steal information when they're trying to send balloons over to the United States. Like, who's used balloons anymore? It's not 180 days around the world or whatever that what that movie was. You know, I thought that was pretty hysterical. But they had something. It's almost like a drone attached to a balloon, right? It was some big, big vehicle that had that a lot the, of cameras. Yes. Balloons were the first. Yes. Central communist database Absolutely. in China, probably. All of our information. Yeah. Okay. So, but we do know that, yeah, like the guy who's looking in the windows in the 30th floor, what happens if his drone dies? Drops, right? And there must be accidents. Of course. uh, A lot of things are able to happen, which is why, you know, flying over people is a big no-no for the FAA. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of protections that we try to put in, well, that they're trying to put in place that we in general or society are trying to be mindful for in releasing this product or promoting this product or using it. Um, but I feel like much like cars who, you know, you can clearly run into someone's house, which happens. You can run a person over, which happens. Drunk driving happens. There's yeah. a lot of negative aspects to a lot of things. But when you look at the aspects of, hey, I can have a drone defibrillator if my kid is out there playing soccer and he's having an attack. The, yeah. It's way easier to send a drone than for the ambulance to get there. Um, it is we're at war, whether you need a health package, whatever you need. And a drone, I guess, I mean, I hate to, you're a technology guy, but I guess you could have, it, it if it has the coordinates of where you are, it can almost go directly there, right? If there's a 911 call, the 911 operator puts in your location, G- right. GPS, right? The drone knows where to go. Boom. Absolutely. Flies over there. Be there in 10 Absolutely. Right. You're looking at even firefighter okay. drones, um, which is something that's also being developed. Where they carry yep. the water and stuff right, like right. that. Right. Chemicals. Because clearly we would rather send okay. the drone inside the building than to risk a life. Um, or just even if you're just yeah. using the drone to see who's on the fifth floor, tenth floor, so you don't have to go up all of those. Right. Um, it's firefighters are going to have to be technology guys now. They're going to be operating the drones, cool, and not absolutely. Yeah, well, it's a different skill, right? You got to re- retool the 
Texas. We had right. a retrained society. Even you're thinking about a cop who's responding yeah. to some homicide or an extreme situation. Um, the amount of intel that you're getting, pri- th- that they're able to get with a drone prior to them showing up is really, really important. So, you know, hey, where are, say we have an active shooter in the building. Where, What rooms do I need to focus in? Right. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of benefits that are coming with this. We just have to get the yeah. ball rolling a little faster. So when did you, so you get, you must have gotten to some point where you say, okay, I want to do some sort of a mm-hmm. steam program, but did you make drones because, well, there are machines that the, the kids can work on that Absolutely. are smaller and you can't put a car in the classroom. It'd be a little hard. Uh, right. So it was right. me doing my research and realizing that the uh, automation, um, I don't want to say automation, just working with vehicles altogether was for me very um, saturated. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah everybody's like doing it. We're not. Yeah. We're progressing. The next is electric cars and everything. I'm completely on. Yeah. Right. Then you'll be able to work on them. You plug in the battery. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. But I realized, you know, the Wright brothers got us airplane. American. Catherine Johnson got us into okay. orbit. American. We, we did awesome things in terms of just getting us into the air, which is open, which is free. As I'm looking now, there's no cars flying. There's no airplanes flying. The air is free. We can totally avoid New York yeah. traffic, Jersey City traffic, just by utilizing the air. And for some reason, our society has completely um, sort of abandoned higher, you know, they're, I don't want to say abandoned because NASA's doing awesome things with the Mars rover. Um, but it's almost like, right. you know, we're not in the 60s anymore when everyone is getting up to ro- watch the rockets launch. We're, 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 just, we're just not doing those right. things anymore. Because we're so globally inundated with information that we're all interested in. It's on TikTok and you're watching this and watching that. There's no like, we don't gather around the TV anymore, the radio to as right. a family, you know, or even as an individual, everybody was listening right. to the same thing. Now they're not. There's so much information and so much, what distractions. Is Absolutely, word, um, right? and I don't want to take away from that. Enjoy it because I enjoy those things as well. But for me, in creating this program, yeah. it was a best way to combine both the '60s and um, the 2020s here um, all together. So clearly yeah. you get your drone, you get to build aspect of it, you get to learn aspect of it, whether you're learning about gravity, uh, your whatever you're learning about, whether you're learning the programming aspect, et cetera. But on the other end, you also get to take pictures, you get to take videos, you get to create content, you get to see how content is created. Right. And all of that goes into land surveying, all of that goes to first responders, um, all of it relays within the same set right. of skills. So is is it designed, I mean, I understand you're working through um, mm-hmm. school districts, right? You're bringing the program to public schools. Is it also going to be designed like a standalone academy where after school programs where the kids could come and learn or what, what's your kind of your um, plan? So there? for me, I would much rather just completely work with the education system. Of course, starting your own camp or starting your own facility is uh, for some people, I guess like, you know, it's, it's a land. Well, you certainly kids going through the public right. schools because you can install programs right. around. So the it's exposure for me. How, how you can- LA, right. I mean, you're here. Or about Illinois. <laughs> but if, uh, yes, right. Um, yeah. So, you know, clearly 
COVID forced us to accelerate and understand <laughs> how <laughs> how to connect differently. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's been a blessing. I can literally do my trainings on whatever online platform, whether it's Zoom, whether it's, you know, this Riverside, you know, that, you know, the accidental entrepreneur is hosted right. on. But you can literally use your online feature yeah. to literally get anyone, whatever they're missing, in a heartbeat of a second, which is way quicker than me driving down or flying down to meet you and show you. So it's about right. affecting as many incoming adolescents as possible. Right. So tell me, well, we'll get into the business aspects, the financial model, but what, what's the program? The kids come in, they build drones or are they learning how to operate them? Does the school have to buy drones? How does that have uh, the whole program? We work? come in, we have workbooks. So our workbooks come in English and Spanish. Uh, looks a little bit like this. So you go through a series of lessons okay. that teaches you literally everything about the drones, how to, you know, just set up your buildings, set up your rescue missions, um, how to fly and go through race courses. The race court is the second part of our program. And clearly the drone itself that the schools are purchasing, that is its own learning resources. The coding aspect of that, um, the gyroscope, interscope of that. So different ways to fly um, all three. So the school has to invest in the Of course, yes. Of yes. Right. Of course. So. You can't do anything without materials or without the will to... Yeah, we're all hard. And that's yeah, that's part of it. Absolutely. Sell it to them. So, so do you have to, did you have to go to LA to to train these people? For, yes, yes, yeah, yes. You did. Um, so, I was in LA and t- at the beginning of twenty twenty for a little bit. Uh, just I got to meet a ton of great mentors that I still have. Um, two of my two out of three of my mentors are from LA. Um, the going just going around speaking to people who are in charge of these youth um, and their programs seeing what their interest level is and getting them a clear focus to understand why this is important. Once they're able to see the kids interact Mm -hmm. with the little mini drone and then seeing them wanting to be engaged with the mathematics, which is also clearly highly attached, whether you're plotting, um, drawing, which all leads to surveying. Uh, But just one, the funness of the drone and two, how we're using the drone to calculate, to learn, to do language arts, write essays create um, landing pages, create print materials, all of that tied into, hey, this is working for us and this is keeping engagement. Yeah. Yeah, So I guess you wrote the business plan when you were in the incubator, right? Figuring out how to do the business plan. Do you have employees now? Yes. Uh, uh, Yes. The team got finalized last year and that was (laughs) a three year hurdle. But you still have school job, right? You didn't yes, uh, give that I up had yet, did you? given up my public school job for about a year just to fully go through and knock out all my kinks. But clearly after a year, kind of need money to fund your entrepreneurial um, goals. It's either that or a loan. So right. yes, I kept working to clearly fund everything that I'm doing. So whenever you order a workbook, the money has to come from, with the education system, the money has to come from me first. And then, you know, everything goes in a little circle. So you do have to have capital. Um, so for me, yes, it is extremely tiring right. to work a full-time job and then go work another full-time job. Part <laughs> <laughs> of getting ahead is, right? So did, did you work through all the financials when you were at the incubator in terms of, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you always have to change them, right? But in terms of working out, you know, where the material is going to come from, how much it's going to cost, mm-hmm. what can I charge? 
how do I reach these people? And actually have to make a stuff? profit. Yes. Uh, so that was part of it. Um, yeah. Nobody wants right. to do it. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, yeah. <laughs> very easily yeah like oh my god you're so passionate you should do this for free yeah. they're like oh they don't account for their own labor and they're like yeah, oh we're not making right. any money but uh, yeah, it's definitely important uh, which is why it was important for us to build the curriculum um because that's the foundation yeah you have to write right, for right. yourself um, right and just making sure it comes from an educational standpoint and not just random things at the end of this, you still want to be able to say, hey, I use this to bring my kids' test scores up. And that is very important to us as well, um, in addition to getting the real life experience. When you have a business in the educational <laughs> sector like this, are there are there avenues for like submitting the program for consideration in different districts? Like yes. they have an RFP? programs yes. or steam things. anything above Got 25 it. grand yeah. i have to fill out an rfp for um which is normally about 200 pages of reading um just the application aspect okay. and then having to wait yeah. to hear back so that's part of it sometimes you get lucky and you know uh someone has like a good 15 grand hanging around and they want to do something special for their kids um and this is definitely that um other time you just have someone who's coming in and very interested it's usually, is it usually the science teachers? The science it's usually science? science? Yes, usually math. Science and math are my people's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you yes. Want to reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the objective of the business from a growth standpoint? Like, um, what are going to do? Well, quit I would like to follow the same model as U.S. First Robotics, which is with the exception of um, there has to be some form of U.S. First Robotics meets uh, Starbucks in, in terms of having everything in-house. Um, so for me, my long-term objective would be building American-made drones. Uh, that's part of it. Learning to utilize um, having a workforce aspect of the program. I feel like that would really, in a five to ten-year trajectory, let's do a keep a 10x mindset here, and a 10-year for me. So you want to eventually manufacture U.S. drones that you can sell to kids or to for so sure, just for hobbying, whatever. just in general, learning to fly and etc. Yeah. Right, right. Um, right, right. We don't have that currently. We also do not have a any program in terms that I know of from the U.S. school systems in which you can do the program and then go find a job in that field, or they guide you towards finding the job. Um, so for me, that would be the next two best things. I don't think even universities yeah. have any kind of computer science, you know, degrees. Maybe you can go right. work for a drone company if you're a programmer or whatever. But there's no major. I mean, maybe do, do fine art programs have anything regarding, you know, photography or aerial photography I'm or something I'm like that? I'm sure they do. I can't be them. I'm sure they do. Um, it's just yeah. a matter of are you getting people hired? And, of course, we all have a uh, right. career department and the schools, but a direct program that all encompasses that we currently do not have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's great what you're doing with the kids. So, so far, obviously the feedback's been pretty good yes. and the kids are excited. They, they think the right. cool anyway, right? Huge selling point. Yeah. So that's, that's great. So right now you're in Illinois, you're in LA, yeah, so are I'm you in, in Jersey? In New Jersey right now. Right. I right, got it. Three locations. So three locations. Yeah. Got any others on the in the burner? Yes, right now I'm working, working on, on Jersey City. Um, yeah, so that's the next big one for me. Yeah. Now, have you? 
this is a business question, right? Have you worked out the metrics of, okay, if I get seven school districts, I need to add now four more people or whatever it is. Do you know exactly what those, what those uh, benchmarks are in terms of the growth? Touche. So it's looking like um, for every district, uh, two employees are being added um, for that uh, one to mentor and get through the drill tweaks, the other to advocate and go around and make sure everyone's okay. Um, so those are the two big, two big roles that we have going on right now for every district that we bring on. Got it. So you you hire people there on your payroll in their district, or you help them um, hire the people? They come from me. Um, they could yes, the district oh, bring on their teachers. Uh, they bring on their coaches, their teachers, and etc. And I come in with my own team. Right. Um, Rafa and Jordan Bianca right now. Um, we go in. Um, we do the development. We handle operations. We handle relationships. Um, but that's just for the current contracts we have going on. For the future contracts, we clearly would like more people from the community. So let me give you an example. With our Trenton contract, it was very important for me to get a graduate from the schools that we are in currently to come back and pretty much um, use their advocacy voice, not only to talk about STEAM at drones, but also to talk about, hey, what does college look like and how did STEAM help me get there or STEM help me get there? Oh, good. Yeah, right. Because it got him interested in science and technology and and mathematics and, and all it kept that you going. Yes, it kept thing. you going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so so you have to put people on the ground then for at least a period of time in like in LA to get the program off the ground. Illinois, same thing. Absolutely, live in there. You get people on the ground. Okay. Yeah, so you hire them. Of course, out there, we have to. You know, hire here and say, "Oh, get <laughs> on a plane now." You're going. It's totally to easier to have someone who's right next door to you who's able to just come whatever you need them. So, yeah, right. Exactly. Technology people. All right. That's cool. All right. So um, if people want to learn more about the program, either for their school district or because, you know, parents sometimes advocate and bring this stuff to the school district, how can they learn about Steam Ed Drones, the program, and, and interact sure. with you? We'll put this in the show notes. Too, no, so you guys can totally just visit our website, Steam, S-T-E-A-M-E-D, Drones, D-R-O-N-E-S dot com. There's a phone number there. One Call one. us, yeah. uh, email us, but one more. He said S T E A M E D D R O N E S dot com. Right, Steam Ed drones, not drones. There's an S in there. Yes, plural. We're hoping to do big things. Right. Awesome. Well, Stevenson, I appreciate you reaching out to me to get on the show. I thank you for your time and sharing, and keep doing the good work for the kids. I got one out of college, one in college, one in high school, and. Oldest one's a science and math kid. He's a he's now an informatics major working at tech companies. So it's the way of the future. So I can't. Mitch, you're absolutely awesome, and the accidental entrepreneur is literally most of our lives. So we thank you for this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and made to order music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at 
The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at beinackerlaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.